Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we hop into the episode, I just want to remind you to download my free guide to Facebook targeting audiences. It has been created specifically for teacher business owners, and I go through the warm, lookalike, and cold interest-based audiences that you need to have set up to be running Facebook and Instagram ads. There are checklists and brainstorming pages so that you know it. you have everything. But as an exciting special, I'm opening up some audience audit calls where you can hop onto a 15-minute Zoom call with me and you'll get my eyes on your audiences so that you can make sure not only you have all of the audiences, but they truly are perfect for your business. So head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audience audit to book your free audience audit call today. Okay, now into the episode. Today I'm talking with Aubrey. I'm super excited to have her on the show. Aubrey, do you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So my name is Aubrey Malik. I'm a wife and a boy mom and a former elementary teacher turned. It's so funny, like to think about like, you know, I, when I say former elementary teacher, I always think like, that's gosh, it feels like decades ago. Like it feels like this former life, but um, it was only three and a half years ago, but I am an online business coach for freelancers and service providers who are looking to start, grow and scale their own business so that they can have more choice and freedom in their life. And the reason why I made that pivot was because I was exactly at that place three and a half years ago. I was looking for a way to have more freedom, to be able to make my own schedule. And I love what I did as a teacher, but even though you go into teaching it's like, oh, it's great. Like you have the best schedule and you get summers off. It's, it's not like that when you really, you know, working, you know, staying late, going in early, going in over the summer break. And so I just wanted, while my kids were young, I had, um, at the time I had a almost two-year-old and I was pregnant and I just wanted more time with them. I didn't want to have to think about my upcoming maternity leave and think about, um, oh, I only have 12 weeks. I know you get like a whole year and then you can extend that. (laughs) So jealous. (laughs) So yeah, I really just was like looking for anything that I could could make money from home enough to not necessarily replace my income, but just make money from home. And so I started freelancing and um, set a goal for myself. I had like two months before my son was born and set a goal for myself that I would be done with the classroom and I would take this long extended maternity leave or just extended time off. And I would have this business that would provide money for my family. And the first month I made $800 and I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. And then my second month made like $1,500. And I was like, all right, this is enough. I made a goal. My first big income goal was a thousand dollars. That's how much my big student loan payment was. And I'm like, okay, if I, if I can take care of that, we'll be okay. But my business just really took off and just organically had people coming to me 
just that I had met online um, or who just had started like following along and wondering how I grew my business, how I got started and all that stuff. So I decided to start a podcast just to kind of share what I had done and kind of like almost, almost in a way of like a diary, just kind of like documenting what I had done and sharing. Like I, I did not feel like an expert at, at all, but just sharing what I had learned along the way. And the, the episodes that were doing really well were the ones about freelancing. So I was like, I probably should follow the breadcrumbs here and, you know, like listen to what people are saying. Um, and so, yeah, I made that pivot and launched courses and programs that help women to get started freelancing and then to grow their business so that maybe they can step away from their full-time job. Just again, like to have more choice and freedom. And my big mission is really just opening mom's eyes to the fact that they no longer have to feel like it's one or the other. Like it's either my job or it's either being a mom and I can't have both. And I'm on a mission to help them see that they can live a both and life. And yeah, that's what I'm really passionate about. So hopefully that wasn't too long of an introduction. (laughs) That was perfect. Correct me if I'm wrong. You started um, helping other teachers with blogging, right? Yeah. Well, at, at first I started just kind of like, anything you want me to do, anything you'll pay me to do, I will do it for you. And then slowly like, like kind of realized, okay, this is not going to the best way. Number one for my sanity, my time, or like to actually scale this. So I had one client that I was working with wanting to grow her blog. And she's just like, do you think you could do this? I was like, sure, I'll give it a whirl. I enjoy writing. And once I found that, realized that I loved that and then really started helping teachers with their blog content because they were doing so many other things. A lot of the people that I work with were teachers pay teachers, authors. So they were trying to like create the products to sell. And they knew like in order for this to do well, like I have to be marketing on the other side of it. I don't have time to sit down and write a whole blog post and do all the uploading. So really found my, my niche, my niche, never know which way to say it. Um, Both. (laughs) (laughs) I found my niche there and really just kind of let that take off. This is not relevant at all to the conversation, but I find myself saying niche, but niching down. So like, <laughs> I don't know why, but like, those are the ones that come out of my mouth, but I, I have no idea. And I don't think anyone knows how to say those. No. And I feel like it's like, I always like run through it in my head. Like before I say it, I'm like, what, what way do I want to say it this time? <laughs> and you're like, you pick one and you're like, oh no, I, I regret my, my decision. Right. <laughs> Um, okay. So, you know what I love about your journey is that you have made some really intelligent marketing choices in following the breadcrumbs, as you said, of like pivoting where need be leaning into what was working and taking your business and just like letting it flow naturally. Um, how do you like, does that a good description of what you feel like you've done? Yes. Yes. And like, I say that kind of like sometimes it like will pain me. Cause if you knew me, like, and I'm sure you'll probably will be able to get that from talking to me too, your listeners as well too, is when I set my mind to doing something. So like starting my business, uh, replacing my income, starting my podcast, like growing my, um, like course creator coaching side of my business. Like if I set my mind to something, I want it yesterday. I have allowed it to grow organically, which now looking back has been a really beautiful process. And I've learned so much along the way, but like begrudgingly, I'm like, yes, that's the way that it grew. And it was like slow and it was hard sometimes. And sometimes I'd be like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, But yeah, like I said, looking back now, it's been a really beautiful way to grow it because I truly feel like I've just 
like the people who are in my community have like grown up with me and they've got to see like the real authentic side of growing a business. Like I don't try to sugarcoat it and be like, it's all rainbows and butterflies. Like I tell them like, it has been hard and it has been a long time coming. Like I started my podcast almost three years ago. Um, so it wasn't an overnight thing for me, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a natural way to like progress from one thing to the next and really just listening to what my audience needs. And instead of trying to think like, Oh, I have to create all these things just to have things to sell, to like offer to people. It's like, let me really get clear about what my audience needs and what's really going to help them. So that when I do bring something to them, they're like, Oh my gosh, she's been listening to me all along or she's in my head. So yeah, yes, it's been that way, but it's like also at the same time, it's like, Oh yeah, it took me a while to get here. (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about like all of the feelings that go with like choosing to leave the classroom or your job and those pivots that you've made, like, cause I feel like there's some really big feelings that can happen there. Yeah. The classroom specifically, um, I knew it was like the right move for me. I don't regret it, but it took me a really long time to actually talk about it publicly again, like it's it, those things like feel weird to me to say, because, but like to share about it on my podcast, to share about it on Instagram, when I'm talking to people to write content about it, it, that was really hard for me because I had a lot of guilt around that. And I think for a while, I still always kept in the back of my mind, like, Oh, I'll, you know, I can always go back to the classroom. That's always there for me. If this doesn't work out, But at some point in order for my business to really, to allow my business to grow into what I was envisioning and what I really felt called to do, I had to close that chapter. And when I did that, I decided like, okay, now I feel ready to talk about it. Now I feel like I have the confidence to articulate how that felt and just to share that it's okay. Like, you know, I just felt like not a lot of people in my quote unquote, real life, got it, got what I was doing. Like, I, th- I think some people that I see out there, like, what, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what, you know, are you, they like have no idea. Um, and so I just, I felt like that was actually a really big turning point for me when I started to open up and share about it. Because what I found was that a lot of people were like, I feel this way too. Um, I felt this way for a while. I'm so afraid to close that chapter because I'm afraid what people are going to think of me. I'm afraid people are going to judge me. I spent all this money on this degree. Um, So there was a lot of guilt around that. But when I actually just started sharing from my heart and sharing, like, you know, being a teacher was great for me at the time when I, where I was at in my life, but I've gone through some things in my life. I became a mother. Um, We lost both of my in-laws and I've just gone through some things that just opened my eyes to that Like there is another way to live my life and that's okay that I've decided to like pivot and move to where I'm feeling called to be, which is at home with my kids and having this job that is just making a bigger impact than I could do inside the classroom. So, um, yeah, a lot of guilt, but then relief when I finally could share about that. And then just anytime I've had to pivot, it's, there's a ton of resistance. Like half the time I get knee deep in that pivot. And I'm like, I just want to go back to safety. <laughs> I want to go back to where it was easy. But I also remember too, that nothing great is going to happen. And, and these visions and these goals that I'm setting, not only for myself, but what I really want um, to accomplish and what I want my community to experience and know won't come if I stay at that place. So um, 
I always try to see it as like a really exciting challenge as opposed to like, this is so hard. I'm never going to make it out of it. And that helps me to keep moving forward when like a lot of times you want to feel like giving up. Mm-hmm. I, so much of what you said just totally resonated with me. Um, I was in the classroom two days a week this year and then home three. And I just recently like started telling people and like letting the world know, because I felt that exact same resistance of like, there is definitely guilt on my part that like I'm Canadian and I have that mat leave piece. And there's tons of guilt about that. But then there's also like people in the real world, not understanding and all like, so totally, I totally understand. So if anyone's listening and you're like, yes, this is how I feel too. You're not alone. I feel like a lot of us teachers feel that way and probably others too. moms and yeah. Any, I think anybody who's in that like service type field where it's not just about you, it's not just about you and your cubicle and this like corporate world, like there's other people involved. Like I've had a lot of teachers and a lot of like nurses come to me and it's like, well, I feel like I'm letting other people down. But one thing that I can say, and it's kind of the silver lining in all this, like I had mentioned, we lost um, both of my in-laws. So about six years ago, we lost my mother-in-law and then just past September, we lost my father-in-law. And as hard as those things are, it always reminds me that life is so short and I don't want to get to the end of my life and think, well, I kept doing this because it made other people feel better. Like I want to do things because it makes me feel good. And I'm truly living out what I'm supposed to do. And I think too, like, we go, we, we decide at 18 that we're, you know, like picking our career for the rest of our life. We go to college, right? Like we have no idea what life is going <laughs> to throw with us. We don't know what the next like day is going to bring. So it's okay that 10 years have passed and you've realized like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for something different. I'm ready to, to move on and experience something different. I think you owe it to yourself because life is so short mm-hmm. and we never know when, when it's going to be our time. So I think just like living for you and what, is valuable to you and what you hold near and dear, as opposed to trying to please other people or not ruffle any feathers um, because it's what society says we should do. I'm like, I'm such a rule breaker and I'm such a go against the grain person that I'm like, no, we should not, we should not be living our lives for other people. We should not do what everybody else says just because it's like the way that it's always been done. I'm like, I'm going to go in the opposite direction and figure out what's on the other side because it's probably really great. I get a lot of comments about like, you're walking away from your pension. I'm like, you know, there's other ways you can save for retirement. Like a pension isn't the only option. Oh, you're walking away from your health benefits. I, I can buy into health benefits. Like it's, I can't only get those from work. Another guilt point of being in Canada too, is the difference there. But, but like I can, the extended health I can get, like I can, these are not a, a well-paying job, which I love is not my only option. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. I get that. I get that a lot too. Um, and I get that a lot from people who are like considering starting freelancing while I have, you know, my health insurance, I have this and, I think being an entrepreneur, like there, like up until this point, there haven't been a lot of people who have done that. And a lot of people who are thinking about getting started, haven't seen that in their real life to know that yes, other people are doing this. And yes, there's other ways to, to have retirement, to have health benefits. So it's foreign to them, but like, that's what makes me so passionate about like showing up and talking about what it is. Cause it's like, yes, there are other ways to do this. There are other ways to have a job. There are other ways to earn a living that don't include like you being unhappy or you just working for the rest of your life or, you know, having a job that no longer serves you. There's other ways to do it. And I think the more that we get this message out there, like more women are 
specifically because I speak to women, but I don't, you know, men, women, whoever are going to know that going to college, getting the job, working for the rest of your life is not the only way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which just makes me so happy for, like, I think about my boys, like they're going to see somebody who literally created something from nothing and grew it to this amazing thing and the impact that it has and how fulfilling is that. Um, and I'm just so excited for them. Like if they can come to me and they're like, Hey, I want to start a business. I'm going to be like, great, let's do it. Cause I know that there's so many resources out there now for them to be able to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about fears of people who are like wanting to step into this role as a VA or a a freelancer. So another big thing that would come up, I find is who to serve, what kind of offers to have finding clients, the first, like that first little piece. So, um, I know that that's one of your expertise. Yeah. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like have it right. The very first time, like the very first time we ever put something out there or say, we're going to do something. We have this, this instinct in us to be like, well, it has to be perfect. And I can't release it until it's perfect. And honestly, like I had mentioned before, like when I first got started, I was like, I'll offer anything to anyone. And while I'm, I think that there is a little bit more strategy involved to that. What that did show me very quickly is who I liked working with and who I didn't like working with and what services I liked offering and what I didn't like offering. And I wouldn't have known that hadn't I, I gone through that that tr- almost like that trial run to kind of figure that out. So what I say to people who are like, I'm not sure what to offer, or I'm not sure who I should work with. You don't have to get it right the first time. You just have to get started. And you, I think the best clarity comes from taking action. So start where you feel comfortable. That's usually what I tell my students. So where do you already feel comfortable doing things? It's not like you have to take on something like, oh, I have to learn how to do Facebook ads because I saw somebody else doing Facebook ads. Like start where you feel comfortable and allow yourself to grow into this. Allow yourself to figure out what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. Um, because you sometimes you don't ever know. I have people who come through my course and they start out like doing general admin and maybe adding in Pinterest or something like that. And then they have one client that like I said to, you know, offered me to write a blog and they're like, Oh my gosh, my client had me do this. And I love it. And I, I would have never even known that this was a thing. And because I was open to just allowing myself to go through this process, it opened my eyes to that. And now I'm going to specialize in this. So, um, that's really like what I would say is just to get started, to get a good idea of who you want to work with, you know, what type of industry is that? What type of business owners do you want to work with? Is that online business coaches? Is that podcasters? Is that um, brick and mortar? I think we like, we think, oh, it has to be online, but I have a lot of students who are like, we have a booming local business area and I really want to support them because I'm really passionate about local and small businesses. So they go in and instead of um, that local or small business hiring a full-time employee to run their social media or to do um, their website or whatever, they can bring on a freelancer. They're going to save a lot of money. They're going to have somebody who knows what they're doing as opposed to like the cashier that they're like, Hey, you're young, you're on social media. Like, why don't you just take this over? So um, yeah. So just getting started, getting that general idea of where you feel comfortable, what type of business you like working with and allow that process to happen organically. And I think you'll find that you'll be way happier as opposed to like, I have to figure everything out right from the get-go. I have to know exactly what I'm going to do. And my business has to be that way forever. Allow it to have that natural progression for you. 
I also just want to add, I, when I first started with the not knowing who you want to work with, I had some clients that were like, nope, like this is not okay. And the really great thing that I found about this world is that the, when the contract comes to an end, you don't have to resign. It's a hard conversation, but you can say, I want to terminate the contract. Like there is, you do have that ability because you're your own boss and you like, it's your business. So when you find things that you don't like, you can actively avoid them. And when you find things that you do, you can actively lean into them. Um, and because you're in control and you're in the driver's seat. So just right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the difference between having a a regular job. Like I'm sure there's parts of your job right now. If you have a full-time job that you're like, I really don't enjoy doing this, but I have to do it because it's a part of my job description. And it's like, you know, I have students who are like, well, I have this one client and I'm offering this them, but you know, they're the last client that I have. Like I no longer office offer that service. Like only, I only offer this one. And it's like, well, then why are you still offering that service? Like, Mm -hmm. this is the beauty of being, having your own business. Like you get to call the shots. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. And you get to do more of what you love to do. So that's another thing that I'm really passionate about is doing more of what you love and less of what you don't. Mm -hmm. And when you find something, what are your tips for leaning into that expertise? Um, As far as like, like you find you decide, okay, I'm going to do Pinterest. Mm-hmm. So like, what are the next steps when you you've decided maybe you're going to start to let go of some of those clients who aren't Pinterest and you're looking for more, um, figuring out, I guess, like packages and services and up-leveling your prices and that kind of, that kind of piece. Once you've found what you love doing. Right. So I, I would say to like, let it, let it be a natural progression as well, as far as like you don't have to let every single client go. That's no longer filling that, that service that you're going to be offering. I say like, okay, if you have a client or two that really like, you don't love working with them, like maybe they're the one that you've just kind of been like keeping on because the work is easy. Like it's fine, but it doesn't really light you up. Like maybe start to like slowly let some of those clients go. And then to lean into the service that you want to offer, like I would definitely say up leveling your skills. So it may be investing in some type of program or course that's going to teach you more about that so that you really can become the expert in that and really get great results for your clients so that you can raise those rates. Um, so then I would slowly do that. And like for every client that you're ready to let go on your current client roster, I would wait until I have a new client. So say I have a a new Pinterest package that I put out. I, you know, started out. And of course, too, when you're offering a new service, like if you're, if you're up leveling, of course you can raise your rates, but I always say like, you could, you can always go up. So start getting those couple clients at maybe not necessarily a beginner package rate for what's industry standard for whatever your service is, but start kind of a little bit above that and then bring on that client. And then you can let go of a client that no longer is feeling that. Or you can even say to your clients that, Maybe you're not offering that service to, but you love working with that client. So you could say, hey, I'm making a pivot in my business. I'm going to be offering um, Pinterest services or web design services or whatever. I would love to offer that to you as one of my clients um, to see. I mean, if you enjoy working with that client, that might be something that they want to add on as opposed to doing the other stuff too. So, um, And then as you start working with clients and as you start gaining those new clients with that service that you have... Um, increasing your rates with them. So there's no real hard and fast on this. Some people say like, oh, every three clients, you can increase your rates. Again, your business, you get to decide, um, but making sure too that like you're 
there, the value is there and that you are speaking to your expertise too. And that's where up-leveling and investing and learning more about your service is going to come into play. Mm -hmm. And what about tackling one of the biggest mindset struggles? I think people face with pricing of like, nobody's going to pay this price. Well, I would say (laughs) it doesn't ever really go away, especially when you raise your rates to like, So you have clients that are on your current package and you want to raise your rates. I usually recommend raising your rate with a new client as opposed to a previous client. Of course, if a client is paying a lower rate and you go to raise your rates, like you might have some clients that are like, oh my gosh, yes, like take my credit card, no big deal. But you might see some resistance, right? Because they're they're a lot of us are creatures of habit, right? Like we were used to paying a certain amount. So even when like my Netflix bill goes up, I, I'm like, oh, like I'm gonna keep paying for it, but you know, like I'm upset about it. Uh so I would say start with new, newer clients at your new rates. And it's easier to book somebody newer than to raise your rates on an existing client. So starting, starting number one, where you feel comfortable, but where you're not like undercutting yourself. And again, like I said, too, you can always go up. So the prices that you start with do not have to be the end all be all. But if you have a new client that books your new rate, it's going to give you that confidence to say like, okay, there are people who are willing to pay this rate for me. Um, And I think it's really just you speaking to the value, not necessarily like, oh, here's what's included in my package. Like, what's the value that I bring? Um, And also from a freelancing standpoint too, you know, it might look like it's a higher or a premium package, but if you take this off that business owner's plate or you add this in, what is the ripple effect of that going to be for the business owner? So even if it's things like you're a VA and you're taking, you know, you're working with a business owner for 20 hours a month, um, you know, in that time, like what could that business owner do? Like an hour to them might mean like I get, they get to book a coaching client. That's, you know, way more than what they're paying you per hour too. So really thinking about like, if I'm able to do this for your business, what could that mean for you? What would you be able to do if I'm able to drive more traffic to your website for using Pinterest? What could that mean for you? Could you sell more of your programs? Could you book more podcast interviews? Like what could that mean for you? And really speaking to that and coming at it from that place, um, and really opening their eyes to the value that your package brings, not necessarily the just the price attached to it or the what's included piece. Mm-hmm. I like that coming from a point of like a place of service, like mm-hmm. providing for your clients and not just the like greedy, selfish. Obviously, that would right. never be a good <laughs> mindset to have. This is a marketing podcast. I would love to know about how you market your business. So what are like some of the big platforms that you've decided? How did you decide to like you have a podcast and you've mentioned a couple of times, like, how did you decide that that was what you wanted to do over blogging? Yeah. So I think really it started from when I first listened to my first podcast and became obsessed with them. That was, that's the one thing that I miss about having a regular job is the commute. So (laughs) I, at the time I didn't have that long of a commute, but I knew that I could get like at least an episode in on my way to work and on my way home. And so I was able to just soak in so much And now it's like, I don't always have that time to do it. So I've got to, you know, get out, get up before everybody is up so I can get out for a walk so I can listen to my weekly podcast. Um, But I, when I was listening to podcasts, I'm like, I can totally do this. I love to talk clearly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I just was like, right. Um, And I just like, 
this is kind of like, that was my start into the business world. The only other podcast that I had listened to, and I think this was before podcasts were even a thing, um, was Serial. And it was like a true crime podcast. And my husband and I listened to it on one of our road trips. But that was even before, like, there were a lot of other people doing podcasts. So my first real podcast were business podcasts. I was like, how cool would it be to, you know, show up and just talk from my heart and share what I'm doing? And I think, Maybe because I was doing so much blogging for my clients, I was like, oh, I need I need a break. I need a change of scenery. Mm, yeah. So starting there and just thought it was, you know, this is an easy way for me to show up and start sharing my expertise, which at the time I really didn't feel like I had any. I was just sharing what I had learned. Um, and of course, like I was on Instagram, like a lot of people too. But what I found was that I, w- I started to get sick of Instagram in the sense of like, I just didn't feel like I was getting any traction and I really wasn't excited to show up on the app. So after eight months of convincing myself that I am talking myself up to trying TikTok, I finally posted my first TikTok. And that's when really everything changed. Number one for my business, but also just the way that I showed up. I felt like it was almost like I was the new girl at school and I could you know, like all those like preconceived notions that people might've had of me before. Like I could just show up and be who I truly was and started to like slowly build that confidence. I think I'm naturally a confident person in what I do, but business was so new to me and showing up online was totally outside of my comfort zone. And so going over to TikTok, it was like, nobody knows me. Like I get to just mm. be me. And it just kind of opened my eyes and refreshed my sense in marketing my business and showing up. Um, so that's really like TikTok is one of the main social platforms that I really market my business on. I've slowly started to show back up on Instagram. They've kind of, you know, they're getting back in the mix here, but mainly TikTok and my podcast. And of course I have, you know, Pinterest and other things like that too, but those are the big ones that I really like to spend a lot of my time doing it. And I just think there's so much value in video and you're able to connect with your audience way faster than an Instagram post or, um, I mean, blogging, I think is great too, but there's just something that's to be said about showing up on camera and people getting to see you without, um, you know, the editing and the perfectionism, it's just like show up and show up as you are. So I've really loved my time over there, which I never thought I would say. And how do you like repurpose content between your podcast? I assume it would like start at your podcast and then trickle down to TikTok. Yeah. So at first, yes, because I already at the time had had my podcast for going on two years when I really started on TikTok. So I was able to take a lot of the stuff that I had and just break it down into smaller pieces. So even like an episode didn't necessarily mean like one episode per one video. I was able to, maybe I had an episode with like four tips. And so maybe I could break that into four different videos and have a part one, a part two. Um, But then what I realized from, you know, creating that content was that I was getting a lot of questions in the comments and a lot of people, the sometimes we think as a business owner, like we know what people want to know, like we know what they want to hear. But then when we actually start to listen to them, they're like, oh, wait, 
They want to know this. They want this. They want this process breakdown. So a lot of times the questions that I was getting asked were fueling podcast episodes. And it was a really great way to move people from just being a TikTok follower to the other things that I had because they would ask a question. I'd be like, hey, I just did a whole podcast episode on this. Go check it out. Um, And it was able to move them from just being that follower to, to the other things that I had. And then they could work through my funnel too. So it started from podcast to TikTok, but now it's just kind of like, an ever growing thing. Like sometimes I'll be struggling with content. I'll be like, okay, let's go back to the podcast and what I've created already. But then other times it's like, I can't get enough. Like I can't get enough episodes recorded with the ideas that I'm getting from my comments and from what people are saying. And just from being on the app, I think it just like sparked. I, and I just look at marketing differently too. Like I thought, oh, I need to cover this, this, and this in my business. And this is what people need to know. But being on there, I'm like, oh, like they need this and they need this piece and, oh, I can create this for them. And it's just uh, like, has allowed the ideas to just flow from my head where sometimes before it felt like a little, felt like I was working at an uphill pace. That's something that I really like the feature on TikTok of responding to people's comments. I think that that feature pushes people to comment more because there's almost like more of an open dialogue. Um, Plus, is it stitching when you can like cut someone's video off and then respond? That one too is like another really good way of like building more of a community, more interactions, more conversations that are really happening, happening. So, yeah, I love, I love the comments and I also love the live feature last summer. I made it a goal. I went live Monday through Friday, every single day, um, which is another thing that really helped to build that community. And really kind of, I just, I just, I didn't really have a plan for my live. It wasn't like, oh, here's the topic that I'm going to talk about today. It was basically just like free coaching, like bring your questions, bring as many questions as you have, because of course, like, you know, you would get some people, which it's a good and a bad thing with TikTok because people will tell you how they feel and they're not afraid to do it. Where I feel like on Instagram, they might have a little bit more of a filter to them, but they'll tell you like, you're not responding to your comments. You're not doing this. And so it was a chance for me to be like, Hey, I, I do not like, I love being on TikTok and I love creating this content for you, but I do not want to be on my phone all day responding to comments. So here, come to my live and I will get through as many questions as I can in this amount of time. Um, And that was a really great way to just also like get more ideas again, like get more content of like this question was coming up a lot. Like, let me go create a full video on it. So then I can have that, that live on my page and people, new people, old people can come and binge that content. Awesome. Um, Thank you so much for joining me. You've given so much amazing value that I think anyone who's like in the process of starting their business will take something from, but then also people who are in the middle of their business. I mean, I think we're always in the middle of our business, um, but like who are more established will also get something. So it's been a really good balance. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Do you want to share with the audience where they can come find you and hang out with you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty easy, pretty much on every platform. It's just my name. My Instagram and TikTok are both at Aubrey Malik. My website is aubreymalik.com. My podcast is called Freelancer to CEO. And if your audience is thinking about maybe getting started with freelancing, but they're not really sure what goes into it or what it's all about, or maybe this is their first time hearing it, which again, always shocks me too, because it's like, one of those things where it's like, doesn't everybody know about this by now, but yeah. I'm, I'm happy to share. So um, I have a free training that I would love to share with your audience. It's at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. Awesome. All of that will be linked in the show notes. And thanks again for joining me, Aubrey. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. 
If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring teacherpreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.